Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Doug from Think to Perform. Doug, it's really nice to have you on. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here, Brad. Absolutely. So tell me a bit about yourself. Tell me about who you are, as well as your company and what you guys do. Who I am is I'm a simple guy, grew up in North Dakota, experienced life, and throughout my life, I've been one of these guys that's been interested in human behavior. I eventually decided to start a company called Think to Perform. I started it along with others that deals with human behavior. I myself am interested in why do I do what I do? I've created a company that asks the question, why do people do what they do? And then the second question I've always wondered is, could I be my ideal self more often? And then I, and which I realized the answer to that is I sure could, because I'm not all the time now. And then I wondered, could other people do that? So I created a company that deals with those two questions. <laughs> and so it's a fun thing. And that's what our company does is we help uh, people align their real behaviors with with ideally who they would like to be so that they are them their ideal selves more often. Our little tagline is making the ideal real. I love it. So what was that like starting this company? Like how did you initially, you know, back you know, when you started, how did you get your first customers and then how did you how did you grow the company from there? I remember actually where we started it. In fact, uh, I had, was having a conversation. This is a few years before starting, uh, but it was in the late 1990s. And I was sitting, I can remember exactly where I was and who I was talking with. I was speaking with a guy named Jim Choate, who was one of our founders, who's now deceased. And we were sitting on a high top table uh, in, in a restaurant with, and I can remember exactly where we were seated and we were, we had a little napkin and I said, I wonder what would happen if we created a company that dealt with this, these questions, because both of us were senior executives at a major company prior to that. And so with that, we began thinking about what we were going to do next. And so that launched the company and then a few years later because i was getting ready to move on i'd had a great career in a great company i worked for american express and i was a senior executive there and had a really truly extraordinary time and my next stop was either to try to be a candidate to move up or which meant ceo was next stop or move out <laughs> and so i said i'll go do something else and this is what the something else turned out to be I love that. So what have you found? What advice do you have for other entrepreneurs when it comes to building a successful organization, keeping it float and growing? And I'll, I'll say for entrepreneurs, here's the deal. A couple of simple things. And I try, there's three levels of understanding as I have been experiencing. There's simple, there's complex, there's profoundly simple. So let me share with, the, with our, our listeners, our viewers, a, a couple of profoundly simple things. There's three things as an entrepreneur that you have to have. One is a value proposition where you offer something 
that the marketplace values at a price greater than cost. So think of the Circus Act. You have three plates that you have to have spinning at all time. Plate number one is a value proposition. Plate number two is a, is a customer. You've got to have somebody to deliver that value proposition to. So you have to always be developing business, depending on the nature of your business. If you're a retail business, that's foot traffic or online traffic or whatever it is, depending on the nature of your business. But you got to have that plate spinning. Who am I going to deliver this value to? Those things are both spinning at the same time. And then the third plate is you've got to deliver what it is you said you were going to deliver at a level that exceeds or at a minimum meets the expectation that you created. So if you meet or exceed expectations, so those three plates. And then the other thing, entrepreneurs, be careful with decision-making. Here is a three, here's a prism for decision-making for big business and little business. Think of this prism, three sides, the impact of the idea. So we're trying to make decisions. We're trying to decide. We're negotiating, if you will. We're determining what are we doing with scarce resources, time, money. What are we doing with our resources? How are we going to allocate them? Here's the prism. We put all of our ideas on a list and they go through this prism. One side of the prism, impact of the idea. What's the impact of this idea on the business, on the revenue of the business? What's the impact? Big, little, whatever it is. Two, second side of the prism. What's the cost? Expensive, cheap, what is it? And three, degree of difficulty. What's the degree of difficulty? All ideas go through the prism. And you have this kaleidoscope now. And then you start noticing there aren't very many, but a couple of things fall into that little bucket. High impact, easy to do, not very expensive. Do those right now. Right now. Because most businesses get their expenses out ahead of their revenue. And what I would suggest, it's a good idea to try to get your revenue out ahead of your expenses. And if you prioritize decision-making, on this book that we wrote, Don't Wait for Someone Else to Fix It, that we just recently released, we basically are saying in that book, here are the tools, the 80 essential tools to pull stuff off like this. And it's really about that. It, it, it's about making those kinds of decisions. It's essential. Decision-making is essential. We make 35,000 decisions a day. Entrepreneurs, if you make a couple better decisions every day, that's more than 700 better decisions a year. James Clear talks about it in Atomic Habits. We talk about it, decision-making. 
decision-making has more than twice as much impact on the success of our listeners and viewers and on my own than my talent and my skills combined. It's the decisions I make. Decision-making, and that's what we're talking about. Absolutely. So how do you decide, switching to the next subject here, how do you decide to do a book? How's that played into your marketing strategy and books basically amongst other things, they are ways our own vision as a company is to enhance the world through improving the decision-making and performance of the individuals and organizations we touch. So our vision is to enhance the world. Our mission is to make a positive difference every day. Our own values are people, integrity, growth, excellence. And one of the reasons we write the book is because thousands of people, tens of thousands of people can read the book, can use the book. The book is designed to be a workbook, not a reference book, a workbook. <laughs> I have some that are reference books and I have workbooks. And this is designed to be a workbook. Wiley, our publisher, did a great job when they put, they thought of this, I didn't, but they literally put the, 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 a hand on a tool. It's a tool book. And you can use any of the tools to actually enhance your own performance as a leader and as an entrepreneur. Mm. But it all starts with you, the entrepreneur. And the first essential is to aim to be your ideal self. Understand at your core who you are. Do not deviate from that person. You will by accident, but don't ever do it intentionally. Aim to be your ideal self. That's essential number one. And we wrote the book so that it's a, it, it's a calling card but it's also a way that for a relatively low price, people can get a lot of value. And that's why we do it. That's why people can go online to our website and they can do the values card exercise for free. It, we, we have people do it, tens of thousands of people do it for free. Hmm. Because my ideal self is found in my values. So we take people, here's a tool. Here's the tool to use that you can be clear with yourself. What do you care most about? Mine are family, happiness, wisdom, integrity, service, health. And I say to our readers, Chuck and I say, hey, aim to be that guy, Doug. Put verbs in front of those values. Love your family, be happy, seek wisdom, behave with integrity, and do something of service for somebody else today, like this, and make healthy choices, like this. My little Perrier in my Kami can. I still have the Christmas can, I still had some left. But make healthy choices, put your values into action, aim to be that person. The second essential is know who you really are though, Doug, because you're not that ideal guy all the time, buddy. Truth is, you fall short. I use myself as an example of falling short. 
Love that. You wish you weren't the you were happy. I'm the example, not you. I got that. See, yeah. <laughs> I love that, Brad. No, that, but but seriously, that we wrote the book truly because we're living at a time when each of us can make a difference, and a lot of people are waiting for someone else. But we're saying, hey, don't wait for someone else to make a difference. Make a difference yourself. Each of us gets to do that. And we provide these tools that say, here's one way. And oddly enough, every human being who aims to be their ideal self will improve making a difference. If that's all you did. Now, if you knew your real self, then you would do it even more often. And then if you embraced, if you, or if you ignited in yourself and others a sense of responsibility and overall integrity, if you ignite that in yourself, being deeply honest with yourself and being responsible, and then ignite that in others, that's the third essential. And then four, embrace, embrace empathy and compassion. Empathy is I care, Brad. Compassion is I'm actually even going to do something. I'm not going to wait for someone else. Writing the book was just an extension of this conversation. Absolutely. That's all. <laughs> Love it. But I really appreciate you allowing me to share these thoughts with, with your audience. I, I've, got, sure. I've gotten to like you, so I hope I get to do it again. I love it, <laughs> for sure. One question before we run, and what advice would you give your younger self? If you had to give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be as we wrap up here today? I would say accept your emotions as real and as information. Accept them. Don't, don't judge them, accept them. And what I am learning is there is a big difference between acknowledging them and then dealing with them. Because dealing with emotions takes a lot of energy. Accepting emotions doesn't. Emotions are just a form of information. I did not, I've been a, an, a student and a practitioner and an expert in the field for decades and I'm just learning that the real opportunity is to not to learn to cope with the emotion, but to accept the emotion as a method of coping. That's what I would do. I love that. Doug, it's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for sharing all your wisdom and insights today. Yeah, thank you, Brad. Have me back one day. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>